Welcome to Salamander Babies, the podcast with the name that's the litmus test. I'm Chief Philosophy Officer Lou Gold. Holodeck Programmer Jen Marshall. I'm Quantum Anarchist Jim Gold. And I'm Temporal Timekeeper Mario Panaghetti. This week, we'll be discussing Voyager Season 3, Episode 12, Macrocosm. If you'd like to watch the episode before we kick off our discussion, feel free to pause the show and resume when you're ready. But really, you had two weeks to watch, so... You have no excuse. To be fair, half of us didn't watch it until about an hour ago. <laughs> I, yeah, I totally <laughs> dropped the ball on this one. <laughs> we were on vacation, whatever. Podcast vacation. <clears throat> Janeway and Neelix return from an away mission to find Voyager overrun by a combination virus and full-on flying stabby aliens. Neelix is appropriately immobilized within minutes, leaving Janeway to kick ass and cure the crew with the help of the doctor. That really is everything. That's like nothing that's, else happens. Do we it? have to have a discussion now? <laughs> well, that was it. thanks everyone for joining <laughs> us. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about our fanfic, but this episode was really... Um, Star Trek Voyager's writer's fanfic of Alien. It's definitely starring an Janeway. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it was great. Not not a bad ode to Alien, I would say. Like yeah. for an hour long TV show. I mean it was goofy. Oh sure. As I'll get out. But I do love Janeway and I love watching her run around with like her crazy buff arms and she's all sweaty and dirty. She's got the strangely phallic shaped pistol. And her Starfleet regulation knife. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that those are standard issue and stored in engineering. Yeah, Bolana's gonna want those back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when we were watching the episode, it's like, oh yeah, there's this huge container full of guns right next to the warp core. <laughs> like grenade. Yeah, makes sense. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Not in like the security room or whatever. It's an engineering. I'm pretty sure it wasn't even locked. It was just like those double latch <laughs> storage <laughs> containers. It was just under Bolana's uh, console. So, so here's the thing. I'm thinking about that episode where um, was it the pitcher plant episode where seven just busts open a crate right next to her. Are, are there like just hordes of weapons within arm's reach of any <laughs> position? Like each room has an arsenal in it and you yeah. just need to go to the, but wasn't seven in engineering? No, she was in the, she was in her, um, oh, cargo bay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe there is. So I, it seemed, I thought maybe she had stockpiled that for a future Borg uprising. Rainy day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the emergency break glass phaser. I wouldn't put it past her. Just like I wouldn't put it past Bolana to keep a rifle. And a knife. <laughs> and a knife mm-hmm. in engineering. Okay. Bolana I... whips out a valve in engineering. It wasn't even like like a utilitarian sort of folding knife that someone yeah. might just like cut a wire or something. Like it was a uh, knife. Yeah, that was a fixed blade. <laughs> like That was a stabby knife. Yeah. yeah. If I could do an Australian accent, I would. <laughs> That's not a knife. It, it compares favorably to a knife. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty close to a knife. It was knifeish. Yeah, it wasn't a science vessel, right? Like it was primarily for combat in the Badlands against the Maquis and stuff. Like with its armored couches. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, yes, that's a common problem in the Federation. <laughs> but they also appear to be armed to the teeth when they need to be. They're not built for acoustics, but <laughs> but they're built for gigantic sectional couches <laughs> and knife combat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In case one invades us and our phasers stop working, we got these knives. I mean, would you rather them not have knives? <laughs> I mean, I guess a, a plan B is better than nothing. It makes sense. Like, what if the power goes out? What about another phaser? And then they don't immediately suffocate in, like, the blackness of space. <laughs> Gotta make sure you have a bunch of knives around. What if every place where they put a knife, they just put another phaser? <laughs> it seems like it's infinitely more useful. Or a bigger knife. 
I mean, like, are knives, <laughs> are knives, like, do they go through Borg shields or something? Maybe. Like, that, that would be know. interesting. I just want to see, like, claymores up on the walls. <laughs> like, yeah. knives, okay. knives everywhere. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Phaser bayonet. Oh, God. <laughs> Phaser with a knife on the end. Get real close and stab them with it. Is that, is that set to st- Oh, God! <laughs> Phaser set stun. Set bayonet to set to kill. <laughs> Um, it's like the White Walkers in Valerian Steel. You don't know if it works. Maybe it does. We're gonna find out. Yep. Soon. Well, actually, we we do know it works. No, I, I mean I meant like the Borg shields. And oh, okay. You gotta find out. You don't I mean, know until you try. We do know like, what? About, yeah. And Only Picard is able to kill them with a machine gun or a Tommy gun. So yeah. Weren't those holographic bullets? But safety they were bullets with safeties yeah, off. With like they're just acting like regular bullets. Which is basically the same as just stabbing someone with a force field. You'd think. Mm-hmm. I think that we got this Borg problem cleared up. Shit, yeah. Yeah. Holographic guns. And yeah. knives everywhere. Yep. Just cover. Just be knife, Dad. Just cover yourself with knives. Yeah, I mean, Worf cut one's arm off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like their shields only work on energy weapons, not on physical contact. Well, well, well. I think we just solved the board problem. We yeah. did. <laughs> Until they modulate their shield to punch. <laughs> just be yeah. punch resistant. I mean, like, What's the frequency exactly, of a punch? <laughs> they're not exactly mobile. Like, they're encumbered with all of their gadgets and stuff. Yeah, they, and they, they just, just kind of lumber around. Exactly. You could probably easily sneak up behind one of them. So how did uh, Jamie take out the Borg in this episode? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Borg weren't in this episode. <laughs> she, she took her shirt off. <laughs> Yeah. She took she took off that turtleneck. Yeah, man. Her arms. For with the those guns. guns. Yeah, she's got Yeah, she didn't she need a actually. She got, got two guns. Show. Took him out with those guns. We all got tickets to the gun show. I will say when the when that scene happened, I'm like, I'll bet Lou really likes the scene because it's showing all the layers of the costume, which yes. is good for cosplay. Yes. Tangent. Um when I was a kid, we went to Baycon, a sci fi convention in San Jose, and my entire family went as uh, rebel pilots. And so my mother actually watched a specific shot from The Empire Strikes Back where Luke is putting his rebel flight suit on, on loop for hours and hours and hours to determine, like, the specific stitching <laughs> style. And That was why. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, That's and, awesome. and, and she recreated them movie accurate, and it was amazing. Your mom so sounds I, like, like a cool lady. Yeah, she's I, super cool. Your mom sounds awesome. <laughs> mom, you're awesome. Yep, she's, she's the best nerd mom. Yep. But yeah, I have a feeling that this scene is probably used by January cosplayers or, or in general, like, Voyager-era uniform cosplayers because it's a really nice resource showing like the outer jacket and and the uh um yeah like the turtleneck and the shirt underneath and everything Mm -hmm. there are a disappointing lack of voyager cosplayers except for lou right now (laughs) yeah (laughs) but what you mean right this very second during the recording of the podcast yeah i'm actually wearing an engineering um jacket right now so she's not being true to her voyager sona necessarily but Voyager yeah. Sona. Like she should have a furry tail. <laughs> Yeesh. Uh-oh. No judging. I'm like... I'm judging. Hey, Tec- no. There's, Tec- a lot of, there's a lot worse things out there. That's Like true. Neelix. Yeah. Oh, God. Neelix cosplayers. So, to be fair, when we were claiming the uh, salamanders in the logo, I, I did pick a salamander with the yellow thing, so... There you go. I am corresponding correctly. Oh, good. Okay. Yes. You want to be, be you want to be, you know, good with the canon of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> very, very uh, lengthy, detailed canon. I mean, we have our own continuity. Yeah, it's true. There will be a quiz later. We got to see a new iteration of Neelix's puke outfit. <laughs> yeah. 
and dying very nearly. <laughs> How many couches had to die for Neelix's wardrobe? That's <laughs> what I want to know. So I was more curious, like, what is his outfit made out of? Because the fucking slime ate through the floor in the transport room. <laughs> Yet it landed on him, and it's, it's okay. Well, one of the things that we determined was that he, he couldn't take the, the clothing off, because obviously, if you get that shit all over you, you, you will take it off. Yes. Uh, he didn't take it off, so that must be his skin. And it's definitely not because the makeup department would have all quit if they had <laughs> broad dots all over his body. <laughs> wow. They only do that one time for Dax. <laughs> what if... Uh, oh, the, the uh, sex scene with Bashir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if Neelix took off his clothing and it was all just fur? Ooh. Like really thick fur? Yeah. Huh. Shag carpet. Like a nice sweater to pull on a V-neck. That's why, that's why his jacket puffs out so much. He's barely containing it. That's, yeah. This is I not, would be willing to entertain that. This is not good. <laughs> I think it's better to not know. <laughs> yeah. It's a, that's the, it's a good kind of mystery. I never want to find out. Right, or think about art. it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, someone's thought about it. Talaxians are actually like five different little Talaxians inside the <laughs> <laughs> All under a big trench coat. I made a, a crack about um, uh, about sort of the Cronenberg sequence in Rick and Morty and how um, Janeway should just wind up wearing the skins of a bunch of macroviruses. <laughs> what is the macrovirus skin like? It looked like a sponge material because it had a bunch of those indented holes. It did. So like, like they, they said the virus grew, but they didn't say it like replicated into a multicellular life form. So wouldn't it have just been like a giant virus cell? Or do viruses, are viruses technically cells? I think they're different bodies. It's a virus. I forget what the word is. It's a. I'm virtually certain it's like a. a it's it's a bunch of RNA. Yeah. Um, like it it finds a cell and injects RNA into the cell's nucleus, and the cell then replicates more of the virus. Yeah, a virus is basically a delivery mechanism for RNA. So yeah. if it's just grown and scaled up, is it a lot of viruses stitched together to make this is This is more science than the writers ever thought of. They threw this. a lot of science babble at us. <laughs> Yeah. It, it looked like it looked like leather skin to me, so it did. like it was supposed to be. It kind of looked like um, a coral reef. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was kind of pretty, actually. Very intricate skin like design. A, for like a strangely phallic virus. With very bad 90s CG. Yes. Yeah. Just like throwing goo all over the place. Yeah, where did the goo come from? Because it didn't have like a mouth or anything. It just had a stabby... I thought the stabby thing was its ovipositor. And that, well, not ovipositor, but I thought it was like a... a like he, I think he even said that at the cellular level, that's what it uses to inject RNA into cells. And as it scaled up, it became like a stabbing implement. So I'm fine with that. But I'm like, when the thing punched through the ground, it like coated the... It sprayed shit everywhere and it sprayed it in kind of a circular pattern. Yeah. And I don't quite... Well, it, I don't know. Yeah, it melted its way through the the transporter deck floor or whatever. Only once, though. There's a lot of weird conflicting it information. It punched through the turbo lift. I mean, it it wouldn't be useful as a virus if the goo that it spit out like instantly melted its target human because then it wouldn't be able to propagate by replicating the virus. That's true. Also, the, the goo didn't consistently melt through things because it was sprayed all over um, the bridge. Which when I was, it was watching, like dripping from the walls. I was watching those up uh, the those scenes, and I couldn't help but think that the set design people must be so pissed that they have to clean that up. 
Because it was on everything. I was thinking the same thing. Like, they're walking to the Jeffries tube, and it's just, like, slime on the floor. It's like, some guy is going to have to reset the set in three days for <laughs> the next shoot. interns for. They had Ethan Phillips just <laughs> go back through it and clean it all up after he left it all there. <laughs> he just takes off the new costume and rubs it on the walls. <laughs> yeah. And then it's the new color for the next week. We have an explanation. Yep. Confirmed. That's what happened. And just, like, thin lime jello. Mm. Just one note. It, no. it looked good and goopy. Like it was no, a good no, little like, uh, TV effect uh, goop. It was, see, it was good goop. I'm if just... we were going to the Star Trek convention, we could go to the Voyager panel and ask them what it tasted like. Oh, I thought <laughs> you were going to suggest we cosplay as like infected crew members with goop on us. Oh, that would be fun. No, no, I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> just get some sort of really disgusting bulbous thing to put on your neck yeah. and just walk around with some. Absolutely <laughs> refuse. <laughs> then there was the the scene where the gel pack. Um, sprayed that goop on uh, Bolana's yeah. hand, and then immediately Tom goes for it and was yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> "So, gel packs are the worst idea, right?" Pretty much. Like, I think there's several episodes in Voyager where they establish that the bioneural gel packs can be infected. Or, like, <laughs> yeah, they can get like chicken pox. They and get shit. diseases. I'm like, <laughs> why is this starship design? I, I think in the pilot they mentioned it like speeds up information transfer because it's yeah. like a neural network almost, but. The trade-off seems to be that it can get the cold. Yes. You would think the doctor would have outlawed them, like, first off. But this is this episode is all his fault, so he's not That's true. infallible. He goes on his first away mission. Yeah. And, and he totally almost kills the entire crew. <laughs> to say that he biffed it would be an understatement. That'd be an insult to Biff Tannen. Yes. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the tac-tac? It's a very small part of the episode. So dumb. Like, they, they basically just exist to be a... Um, a gag. A gag, and then later a foil, and they wanted them to be the same character. Like, there's the their weird um, eccentricities don't really factor into the, their interactions at the end of the episode. Not at all. I, I really want to talk about the fact that they got that weird bridge between their nose and their chin that makes it so oh, they yeah. can't eat, probably. Like, how did they... I just want to see them with corn on the cob. Like, <laughs> like a forked tongue. Two tongues that go out around it. Maybe it's actually two different orifices. Interesting. Like, they gotta feed their tiny scrotum mouth first? I was gonna say. (laughs) In Star Trek 6, well, in Star Trek 6, they had an alien who had his genitals on his knee. So, like. That's true. Mm, Wanna see? Oh, the mouth's actually their sex organ. (laughs) Uh, No wonder they keep looking away. They eat through their cloaca. They're so embarrassed. (laughs) I can't believe you're seeing this again. Why don't we have masks? Why aren't we invented masks? Yeah, if they if they wanted to continue with that, they could have had the the tac tac guy insist on only speaking with Neelix, who was incapacitated at that point. Or maybe Janeway had to overcome her issues and and have like a gesture conversation with it. Yeah, <laughs> to want, convince it. I just want to see her not having any idea which gestures to use, so her just flailing around <laughs> wildly. She just looks like she's directing airplanes. <laughs> then she starts constantly flipping the bird, and it's like, oh, thank you. That's a sign of great respect. Peace among worlds. <laughs> This episode is so simple that we're having trouble talking. <laughs> We've had episodes with no B plot. This one had half of an A plot because it's <laughs> it's an extremely on the rail, like on, as on the rail as it can be, like alien story. Yes. And and the most complexity they provide is backstory as to how it got there, which basically means they told the story slightly out of order chronologically. True. I mean, like the best part of the episode is watching Janeway like bust down doors with her phaser rifle. <laughs> 
like in her tank top and she's all sweaty and she's gonna save the day which ends up being like maybe two minutes of footage like it's right. it's pretty quick all told for for the neelix list janeway scenes yeah but you know years in the spank bank <laughs> <laughs> oh no the best part was the pool scene Mm, yeah, all the, I appreciate uh, yeah. <laughs> all the uh, holographic pool characters getting killed by ours. <laughs> yeah. The doctor yeah. is fine with it. <laughs> I, I love that. It's just like, uh, everybody, all the holographic characters are just having fun by the pool, and then the doors open, and then the <laughs> macro virus comes in. Why are and we created for this? And everybody starts screaming and running away. David's like, don't worry, I've, I've told them to act like uh, realistic reactions to the viruses. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Janeway's version of saying, get a job, you guys. <laughs> is this how the pool goers like gain sentience and seek vengeance against their human captors oh my god they just oh, create god. us to be alien bait <laughs> <laughs> so one of the uh one of the reasons why i like this episode is because i like to picture kate Mulgrew just being like yes i get to do some cool shit um i i very much like her and she doesn't get to be a uh combat figure in the show very often just because they're a little bit more reasonable in terms of her being in a leadership position not going on that many away missions that have action yeah also she's generally level-headed and not really prone to doing crazy diplomatic things um so i i just like to think that she saw the script and she was just like i'm gonna you know lift some (laughs) weights for the i don't know how far in advance i got the script but you know, I'm gonna lift some weights. I'm gonna just like. I believe that she looked like she was in good shape. Mm-hmm. She also had two young kids at that point, so I hear that that's great for upper body. That's a good workout. Yeah. Good cardio. From all the screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the screaming is the cardio. <laughs> the screaming while lifting the kids is the upper body and the cardio at the same time. Have two kids. It's it's kind of a long term plan, but it's a great workout. True. But but then the arms aren't evenly. I mean, I guess if you have, why you are swap we... the kids every day <laughs> in case they have way different amounts? Yeah, you got to offhand the smaller ones. <laughs> Juggle them. Oh. I thought she did a great job. Like it was a good physical performance. Yeah. It did what it needed to do. Yeah. The uh, the scene where she's actually stabbing. The macrovirus when it's floating in midair. I just want to know what she was actually stabbing. Like I a can giant fuzzy you, ball. She wasn't stabbing anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did not. This was not at the point in in computer integration TV shows where they had stand-ins. Like this would be definitely her pantomiming, which I would definitely want to see. This yeah. was this was like a couple of years before Jar Jar, which was really bad blocking. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you I, remember how they couldn't look at him? <laughs> no. <laughs> they stare all. into space like, oh, there's an alien there. Talk to him. To be fair, I can't look hey, at either. Hey, nine-year-old. <laughs> oh, God. Who's kind of learned how to act. Why don't you learn how to act with, with a non-existent character? George Lucas? Yeah, hey. exactly. Don't worry, we'll do it once with a human stand-in. <laughs> like, that yeah, That was also early days of, of trying to make CG characters, and it failed. For a lot of reasons. But yeah, like, like I, I do feel like this wouldn't have been a situation where you had like an Andy Circus with ping pong balls off screen. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, so I, I was picturing more like a ball of foam on a string, but That's I guess you don't need much that. Budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Too much. it's a, it's a, it's a Star Trek Weekly episode. You're right. Yeah. That said, I don't think she did a bad job with it. Like she, yeah. f- she physically like threw back and reacted to something, and and they probably just animated around her more than anything. I think that's probably what happened. Yeah. I believe that she was stabbing something. 
<laughs> oh. Memories. <laughs> Jen believes. I believe. It was a macrovirus. They're real. Yeah. Didn't you see it on screen just then? I did. That, I saw it. With it my looked eyes. real to me. Yeah, believing is seeing. It had light and shadows and yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were light areas and dark areas. <laughs> yeah. There were different colors. It was yeah. it was really interesting. It had arms. I will say those kind of scenes, those kind of uh, special effects scenes remind me that Voyager will never be on Blu-ray because they'll never recreate those in high def. Right. Yeah. There's it no way. DS9 too. It's really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Like next gen, enough of the enough of the effects were in camera that like they were on film and could be scaled up. And then I think the planets and the crystalline entity they recreated in CG. Yes, I think those those two sequences were used as demos for like how they did it. But I think they did they actually did a lot of a lot of work recreating things. Oh, they did a ton of work. But I'm saying they were working with film. Yeah. Uh, and whereas this was actually shot on video. Yeah. So there's already a limitation there in terms of the ability to scale up. And then on top of that, when you have standard def effects, like Species 8472 would be horrid if they tried to upscale it. They also, I don't think they have the computer files anymore. Listening to the process of the, um, the high deafening of Next Generation is fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's like, crazy the work they put yeah, into that. All of the things that they went into the archives for. The digging up, like... It looks like the thing at the end of Indiana Jones. <laughs> and it's like, that's where they're going into to get these film reel- reels. Wasn't like buried in dirt? <laughs> it was buried in yeah. dirt. And like the, the special effects were in a different place because they used several special effects more than once. So they had to figure out which one goes where. It's crazy. I love the work they put into that. And they ended up with all this cool B-roll footage and um, like bloopers and things that they didn't have originally. Yes. Because they had the raw from the shoot film. Oh, and that's where all of the uh, blooper reels came from. The new ones on the Blu-ray, yeah, are all from mm. the new, uh, the newly released footage. Nice. A, to- oh, a oh, topic that I would bring up would be, I mean, I would probably end up talking about why I thought why I, this episode made my list. Um, but. Other than that, I'm like, mm, no. I'm curious. Yeah. What what yeah. What, uh, what made it in the running for you? Um. So for me, I didn't remember the episode very well, but honestly, there wasn't that much to the episode. So it turns out I remembered it better than I expected. Um. But the reason why I put it on my list was just because it was really nice to see a female actiony moment on TV at that time. Um. I forget when this was like ninety ninety six, probably yeah. something like that. Um. So it was refreshing to see, and then on top of it, she's not like your stereotypical combat figure. Um, she's a science officer, and she's a leader, and it, it just meant a lot to me at, I don't know what how old I was at that point. like Nine, ten. Yeah, nine or ten. So I have fond memories of it. Also, the fucking macroviruses scared the shit out of me. So, <laughs> like, they left an impression. I hate buzzing. And, you know, maybe I'll say, okay, it's bees or, like, wasps or mosquitoes. Macroviruses. <laughs> I, I was watching this episode with Jenny last night, with my wife Jenny, and um, she heard the buzzing. She's like, what are we watching? <laughs> She's like, is that a wasp? Tell me if it's a wasp. I'm like, sure, it's a space wasp, whatever. Space wasp. There is, there is kind of, like, a nice primal fear that they, that they just tapped into with the macrovirus. And they had those shots where it's, like, kind of... The first time you don't see it is the shadow going around the corner as it's like getting into um, 
it ends up going down the hallway and Neelix is like, it's cornered or, you know, it's a dead end. And you're like, oh God, what's going to happen? And then it's like, it just fucking punched through the floor and yeah. I was going to say, I think the way scarier thing is the neck protrusions with the little flies coming out of it. That just A little bit of body horror in there. No. As much as they can do on TV. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, no, 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 <laughs> no. Hard pass. Yeah. I, I thought the... The episode kind of stood out insofar as it it was it's very different from other episodes. Like it's I mean, just the format. It's it's very like restricted and there aren't very many action-y episodes, and this definitely is one of them. And that difference in format shows through in the sh- in the filming style too. Mm-hmm. Like they do claustrophobic corridor kind of stuff, they do different stuff with lighting, and then when you see like the goop on the wall, like you kind of see the ship in a weird state you don't normally see. They, they had a little bit of a claustrophobic vibe in there. Like, Ailing was absolutely a big motivator here, and I like how much of that showed through in what could probably be thought of as an homage to it. Yeah, it wound up being like a survival horror thing. One of the um, shots that I had forgotten about that I thought was really effective because I, I hadn't... Um, going into watching this for, the, for this recording... Um, I had forgotten about the shot from the perspective of the macrovirus that is it's sneaking up on Janeway. The and evil so, dead vision. Yeah, and so like I had forgotten that the reveal is, oh hey, it's a tiny little one, and of course she's not going to notice it because it's like, you know, a gnat. But watching it, I was like, Janeway, turn around. <laughs> I mean, granted, it was like late at night and I was sitting home alone with a blanket and like eating some snacks, and I was like, Janeway, you can hear it, it's buzzing. <laughs> and... And I was like, why isn't she noticing it? It's like right on her. And I was all freaked out. And then it turns out that I'm not going to say it's nothing because it totally would have killed her if she didn't have the cure. But I thought that that shot was pretty awesome because um, a viewer watching it for the first time probably would have a similar reaction because at that point you don't know that they can be these like tiny little things or at least not effectively. I don't remember if they've introduced the concept yet. This is absolutely a compliment, but I love the way that when you watch Voyager, you totally buy into whatever they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. (laughs) It's a scary part. I'm scared now. (laughs) Doctor, the macrovirus is growing. Oh, don't worry about it, Kess. (laughs) (laughs) The doctor's so cavalier in this whole episode. Doctor, it's missing. Uh, Don't worry about it. It'll it'll come back. (laughs) Yeah, it'll it'll fly back. It'll just go kill a dog and come back. Hollow dog. (laughs) I like how when they erected the force field around the microscope, it was just this like cylinder, and I was like, if it's growing that fast, I don't like. Is the macrovirus going to be crushed to death inside the force field, or like do they have to? They don't deal with it, but yeah, at that point, there was no sense of upper scale, and the crew members wouldn't know either. So, like, if the macro... I'm assuming the macrovirus is the size that they are because it's scaling to the size of the ship, correct? Oh. Oh, that would be amazing. I mean, that's what I assumed. My my assumption from... They didn't say, to be fair. We don't actually know. But my assumption was that um, because it gets the growth hormones from its victims, like, maybe it scales to something proportional to, like, a human, or I don't know. What if it got... Because that couldn't fit in a human... Not anymore, like, but it can infect them and make them grow other viruses that that start at virus size and I guess grow that's again. True. So does Voyager have a growth hormone and its bioneural gel packs? Yeah, will grow to Voyager size. Could it? Can we make it happen? But it was already it was already the macrovirus in the mining colony. 
like it, it had already grown and, and it was a known size. disease at that point which means it probably originated elsewhere yeah yeah, which means how big can they get is what I'm getting to. Like, if they spaced it, would it just keep growing until it just eclipsed everything? I don't understand how this virus could propagate because well, it seems like it incapacitates people so fast that it would prevent its ability to spread. The yep. science behind it is stupid and dumb. So and maybe part of it is because it was limited <laughs> by being on a starship. But well, it didn't it didn't eat anything? No, it didn't. But it also didn't infect people just enough for them to be carrying vectors and return to their own populations. Like it specifically gathers them together in yeah. like clusters. So um, the doctor did say that basically as soon as he diagnosed Bellana as having the illness, um, he was like, and it's airborne. Yeah. Even before she had the little like gnat rupture out of her neck. So I'm not. I don't understand the mechanisms here. Actually, wait, how would you even make that conclusion? Because she was specifically infected by the ruptured gel pack, not through an airborne transmission. Yeah. I think... Through skin contact. I think him saying it's airborne happened after... But I mean, like, how did he determine that from Bellana being infected? Oh, I guess he said the whole deck was infected at that point. So, and they didn't all make physical contact with Bellana. Wasn't that after Tom was like, hey, she's got bugs coming out of her neck? They'd already stopped. I thought that was later. I think. I thought that was later, but I don't actually remember. Shit. Now I need to watch. Shit, I don't want to watch it again. Well, because Pause, his, we'll be back in 45 minutes. His first interaction with the virus was watching the bugs fly out of that. That's true. He had yeah. already, he'd already right. seen how it spreads as in fly form. Yeah. yeah. The most basic airborne. <laughs> it literally flies through the air. <laughs> Never mind that it doesn't have wings when it grows to giant size. Kind of does. Oh, yeah, no, it does. It's it just has the three first, flagella. Then, yeah. But in the small size, it seems to have buzzing wings like yes. a fly. It just flies. So, so the big ones buzzed also. Yeah, but they didn't seem to have wings. Yeah, right. they, they just the, They seemed to hover. But the little ones, I don't think necessarily had wings because the one that Janeway slapped was a triangular shape. It looked like a grape skin. Yeah, like, and, when, and when they were viewing the microscope, it also was the same a physical appearance as the large ones. Um, I, the only reason I guess I thought that is because at the very small size, it was sort of represented as a flickering white dot, and yeah. that made it look like flapping wings. But I could have just been reading that with the, the noise. Buzz. Yeah. The buzz sound that makes you assume wings. Now we know they're hovercraft. Yeah. They just vibrate really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Shoot gases out of their butts. Yep. Like Neelix. Yep. That's how he gets around mm-hmm. and talks. <laughs> <laughs> if you slow it down, you can see it. <laughs> it's a series of gas sacks that. <laughs> and there's one lung. <laughs> just one gas sack. Oh. <laughs> Why do we shit on Neelix so much? Because he's so. <laughs> this oh. is a creepy asshole. He, he is an asshole. I I rewatched a bunch of early episodes, and he is. He's full of himself. He's full of himself. He's kind of misogynistic. He's just he's. Yeah, I, I didn't feel too bad about him dying after watching this. Yeah. He's, he's, his favorite he's activity is like bothering Tuvok. <laughs> That's true. He gets a rise out of him. Yeah, you never mess with Tuvok. It's like, why? Why can't you just leave him alone? He's just trying to go about his day. Because, <laughs> you know, if somebody was doing that to me, I would definitely not like them. Yeah, that is like classic harassment. It's yeah. like, yeah, he obviously doesn't want to talk to you. Yeah. Leave him the fuck alone. Seriously. Tupac had like one line in this episode or two lines, and they were literally like one sentence lines. Well, I think Harry had zero. I think, <laughs> I think Harry's he entire screen went. time was being unconscious in 10 Forward. I don't even remember him having dialogue on the bridge nope. in the flashbacks. He was yeah. just asleep with a fake sweat on his forehead. I thought that might be a mannequin. 
It's just his wax figure that he puts yeah. there. Oh no, there was the cameo of him on the flute. Oh yeah, Jasper Harry. <laughs> we assume that the ending scene was Harry uh, serenading Janeway with Jasper. Just played all flute. the woodwinds. <laughs> By the way, at the end, was Janeway painting or drawing? Because it looked like a painting, but it sounded like she was drawing. And I believe that the um, the subtitles showing sound effects said pencil scraping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, like, speaking- that looks like paint. Speaking of the ending, <laughs> do you see that part? <laughs> Where Chakotay comes in. <laughs> Wasn't it a 10 minute slow motion scene? Yeah. Jen saw a different part than we did at the same time in the same room. He comes in and he's like whipping his hair back and he's like, hey, Janeway. Like a bunch of us, just me, are going <laughs> skiing on the holodeck. You want to come? I yeah. don't care. And I remember when Janeway said, no. And it's not because I don't like skiing, because I do. <laughs> it's because you're there. That's not what she said. <laughs> she was like, it wouldn't sure, be Sure, be choosy on what you decide. You <laughs> mustn't. Did he, uh, did he go with the uh, Chakotay maneuver? Yes. No, they didn't spoon under a desk. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he says hello. But that was totally him asking her for a date. And totally her turning him down. Well, so I yeah. never I never disputed that Chakotay is a thing for Janeway. Janeway does not have a thing for Chakotay. T- turning him down, playing hard to get. Yep. Hardest it's, to get. It's Impossible like to get. sexual harassment in the workplace. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, She's a super <laughs> I'm really liking this dynamic that we have set up where Jen is like, let me tell you about this. And Mara's like, nope. <laughs> Naysayer. Well, let me, let me use, also tell you about it. Let me use my head cannon and shoot your head cannon out of the sky. My head cannon will always be bigger than your head cannon. I have different head cannons. Stronger ones. I don't think so. Longer range. Harry, Harry Bologna forever. Okay. I don't like that. Balleri? No. Balerian. Hey, Harana? Harana. Alana. Chorus. <laughs> All right, now I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me if they don't, if they don't have a good ship name, then Tim. it's not meant to be. Tim. Tim. <laughs> wow. What? Uh, Tom and Kim? Taurus and Kim. <laughs> oh, okay. Tom and Kim? I went there, too. <laughs> Boom. Oh. Tommy Kim. I'm actually glad Harry that Ray. I inflicted that on both of you. <laughs> Harry. Harris. Harry. Harry Paris. Harry would actually be okay with that ship. He would. Harry would be the most okay with that ship. For for all of his hooking up Uh, with Tom Paris. Oh yeah, he was on ten forward, doing the awkward flirting with (laughs) Bolana. Well, finally, like, like, uh, well, oh, go ahead. (laughs) And then like putting his arm out in front of her when she was like, "Oh, fuck this, I'm out of here." Yeah, and he's like, "No, you can't leave. We were just flirting." Yeah, no. No, I was flirting with you. The crew in the room's like, "Just fuck already." (laughs) No, just. leave. Well, I was gonna say that um, Harry and Tom, like, Tom would finally have a partner that loves him as much as he does. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, that's a good point. This is not a healthy relationship, but it would be a long-term relationship. I think so. It's They're... not a healthy relationship, but beggars can't be choosers on Voyager. Alright, we're gonna play a little game. Uh, Jim, Lou, each of you think of a Star Trek Voyager character. Don't say it out loud. And on the count of three, we're going to rock, paper, scissors. You say it at the same time, and Jen's going to ship them. Okay. All right. <laughs> After three. One, two, three. Two Vox. Yes. 
Tuvok Kess, Jen, go. No, that's the thing already because Tuvok was Kess's teacher, and you could totally do the teacher-student thing very easily, especially since they're telepath- telepaths. It could be hot. No. <laughs> he's like He's 70... like 180 or something. I'm he's like saying. 70 times older than her. Well, okay. So Plus, this, whole, this group was previously complaining about the Doctor not uh, Seven for the same reason. Because yeah, no, like no, I agree role. with you. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I could do it. <laughs> Jen, Jen's, That's Jen. an easy ship. It is. <laughs> All right. Try harder, I'm just, I'm just saying that... With random uh, selection. <laughs> real quick here. Tupac has grandkids that are older than Kess. Yeah. Do you think that... AO3. <laughs> you about that? Oh. Tuvok probably has a hangnail that's older than Cass. <laughs> Why is our standard AOE? Sorry. I'm just saying, in terms of fandom, there is a large segment of the fandom population for whom that is the kink. It's right. the December-January relationship. All right, let's, oh, let's do one more. Oh, yeah, I like this. All right. We're gonna wait, do it again, wait, wait, wait. Jen. You have to actually write the fic this time. Uh, oh, okay. like not write the second, but it's your homework. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait. I need to really quickly. I'm not committing to more than 500 words. That's fine. Uh, okay. It can be. It can be a one-off. All right. I need to look up a name real quick. Gotta <laughs> be somebody that I know. Okay, okay. It's not hard to spell Naomi. It's fine. Nah. Oh, <laughs> no. No. Why? Why would you do that? Well, I'm not. You guys are selecting. It's true. I just polluted your mind with Naomi. You don't remember any other characters. All right, I got, I got oh mine. Oh my god! I got mine. I don't do kids. All right, after three. <laughs> no women, no children. <laughs> <laughs> Only gay. <laughs> Only slash. <laughs> Only gay slash. Yeah. All right, after three. One, two, three. Seska. I was gonna Lou. say Seska. Oh, it's sorry. It has to be yeah, Jen. Seska, you have to do Seska. 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 We'll do. I can do There's that. There's a holographic Seska. You can totally make that happen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Blew your mind. This is what we get for being siblings. I could do it. I could do it. Please right. do. So keep an eye on Jen's AO3, linked in the previous episode's yep. show notes for yep. Seska Seska fanfic. Oh my God. This fanfic will be linked in this episode. Absolutely. If yeah. you write it soon enough. I'll write it soon enough. Cool. I'm so excited. That was a good exercise. <laughs> we should do that every episode. Only when nothing happens in an episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing else to talk about. Yeah. I have a very small topic that may not go anywhere, but um, good morning, Voyager. Uh, (laughs) No, the show didn't go anywhere. It definitely didn't. So they go into the Wildman quarters um, and find that Neelix has a daytime program that he makes for the ship called Good Morning Voyager, which appears to be just him talking to a webcam. Um, Additionally, if you don't stop the show, it plays on loop forever. So, so discuss. <laughs> that, that must have been Wildman's. He said that settings. was the intent of the design. Oh my god! He, he said uh, that Jamie was asking why it was still playing. He's like, it plays on a loop if you don't stop it. I'm like, this is the opposite of the Netflix is still awake feature. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> so, um, on on sec- on my second viewing of this episode recently, I was actually like paying attention to the um, the Good Morning Voyager. Or was it Good Morning Voyager? Good Morning it? Voyager, I think. That's a blatant rip. Never mind. So well, it's good. It's everything. Like it's, yeah. it's any random daytime TV show. What is morning, morning on Voyager? Never mind. I'm not going to get into that. They, but they, have, uh, they have Earth 24 hour clocks, but it wouldn't really matter that much because they have shifts that include overnight shifts. Yeah. So, so in any case, what I was going to get at was um, he actually had a guest on his show. 
Like, if you listen to it, yes. he's like, and we have Ensign, I don't know the name, um, who's going to come in and talk about it. And what happened was, right, because we have uh, closed captioning when we watch it, so I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to find out what this guest is going to talk to about. Too. And then Neelix in person starts talking over it, and I was like, don't interrupt yourself. <laughs> I want to know what your guest is like. Um. What? You wanted to watch the show. Just wait for the next loop. It'll I, it'll repeat. I just want to know what kind of weird, boring shit they have to come up with to fill the time on their, the, like, closed circuit. I mean, maybe this makes sense from a morale officer perspective, if he takes that role seriously. He's like, oh, it builds morale if people have, like, some featured spot in the newsletter that we pass around the ship. Like, the, um, I've, I've seen worse HR things. It does. Uh, it comes back a couple times, and there's the one episode where the doctor's all excited to be a guest on the episode. I forgot that it comes <laughs> back. <laughs> what the fuck? And the doctor is like, wants to take up the whole episode, and Neelix is like, oh, let's think of something else for you to do. And then, yeah. Is that is that when he sinks his own show just to get out of that thing with the doctor? <laughs> <I don't laughs> <think> <laughs> Yeah, We're never comes, doing this again. Comes back a couple times. It's kind of I funny. want a supercut of Good Morning Voyager now. <laughs> I don't know how much. Like, it's like a lot of it is not. It sounds like it's not direct footage, but them talking about him making yeah. it or something. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like a horrible program that no one should watch. Yeah. It, it plays on the loop if you don't turn it off, <laughs> and the volume increases every time. <laughs> Only Wildman. And you can't opt out or opt in. It just uh, it just happens every morning. <laughs> it's always playing in the brig. <laughs> <laughs> you can't reach the controls to turn it off. <laughs> On the 10th viewing, it actually locks the door to your quarters. <laughs> you just imagine in the, in the brig, the uh, the security guard on, on duty just kills himself. <laughs> I imagine this isn't a sanctioned program by Janeway. She's like, what the hell is this Netflix? <laughs> yeah, she was surprised. Yeah. yeah. Why, is this turn- Why hasn't it turned off? Oh, I put it on reteep- or repeat. What? <laughs> She's like, also, we don't have like a broadcast system. It's just like pirate broadcast that you're putting out of yourself. In your web series? How much energy are you using? <laughs> your daily web series on loop. How many, how many replicator rations is that? <laughs> he runs the replicator rations. Oh my God. I imagine it's like watching, you know, like one of those YouTube stars who's like slowly going like through some kind of psychotic break. <laughs> <laughs> and please remember to like, watch, and subscribe. <laughs> what are your thoughts on avocados? <laughs> I kind of want to know his thoughts on avocados, actually. Yeah, I'm sure that he'd have an opinion. Probably they'd have some sort of similar to Laxian fruit. That would be disgusting. Yeah, but he would swear it's better than avocados. What if we're the racists? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the message of Voyager? Of Star Trek? <laughs> if, if, Neelix, if Neelix got his furry hands on avocados, uh, he would surely find a way to fuck them up. I bet he looks like civet coffee. Oh, that guy's man. gross. He probably what? only like eats civet? them when they're like black and like, yeah. I think it's civet. It's um he those eats them. coffee the beans cat. that are like passed through a cat's digestive system. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> civet coffee? I don't know what you're talking about. It's I forget. It's not literally a house cat, but it's a species of feline. Um, and it's native to an area where this coffee bean grows, and it eats the uh, plant and then poops out the beans, and then they collect those and make coffee out of them. So, yeah. so some people would say that Neelix looks kind of like a cat. <laughs> he makes his own civic coffee. Luckily, yeah. source. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Janeway is like, what the <laughs> f- are you serving us? He, he's cat grows the plants. <laughs> there's real coffee in that nebula, not shit coffee. 
There's always like him going around trying to convince people to drink something that's like a coffee substitute. Oh yeah, it's even better than coffee. It's that sludge, like literal sludge that is mm-hmm. so viscous. It just he just pours it out of a spoon. That is that is a pretty good scene. You can almost <laughs> taste the tilaxin. He like chews it. <laughs> he drinks it. It's gross. It's another Twin Peaks reference. <laughs> it's damn good coffee. That's another Twin Peaks reference. Yeah. Well, I meant like the sludge coffee that he pours out when he's in the Black Lodge. Hi, Diane. That's another. That's another reference. Good work. There was good a at this. fish in the replicator. <laughs> Don't drink that coffee. Hi, I'm the log lady. <laughs> that's exactly. That's what another she Twin says. Peaks reference. <laughs> <laughs> Something, something, coffee and donuts. I'm the evil Dale Cooper. That's another one for the new show. That's a new show reference. Oh, you have to watch the new okay. one to really understand it. Uh, oh, that's weird. Well, he says he's the evil one. There's an evil one in the old one. Spoilers. And the new one. And the new one. It's true. You should watch Twin Peaks. Link below. Everyone should watch Twin Peaks. Linked above. Listener, you should watch Twin Peaks. Right now. That means that's backwards for linked below. Uh, reference. <laughs> this is such, this is going to be a fun weird episode of the podcast nowhere near as weird as an episode of Twin Peaks not cut for profanity just cut for being nonsense directed by David Lynch this episode is going to be like 15 minutes long (laughs) is there a way of coming up with a rule for picking episodes or a way to avoid an episode that only has half a plot or do we talk about the fact that it only has half a plot considering we're working off of our memories of things we may have watched 10 or 20 years ago like I don't think there's going to be a meaningful way to veto that yeah. And yeah. I think it's better that we have genuine reactions to these things, even if they end up being weird or, or not what we thought they were. Yeah, I mean, in previous episodes, we've been like, oh, yeah, I remember this one from, yeah, 10, 20 years ago. And, uh, oh, it turns out it wasn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes there's a lot to unpack, and sometimes there is not. To yeah. be fair, though, somebody did write this episode, and it probably took them a good long time. And then a whole team of people directed it, and people made costumes for it. People <laughs> made CGI's. And... I mean, let's let's put it in context, though. Like, it was one episode out of twenty-four in a season. Like, it probably kept someone coming back the next week because, like, oh, this is an action moment. It's a little different. Like, yeah, it was a different episode. It was, yeah, it I, I appreciate bad. it. It differentiating from the norm and just being like a standalone little bottle up of a. Of a sci-fi action flick. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm just gonna get on the record here and say I still like the episode. And yeah. I, I, it's, but yeah, no, it's just it's like unless we get into random, I don't want to say bullshit, but like the costume or the lighting or very tiny things. There's not much to talk about because the plot is so thin. Really, not much happens. Yeah. So it's a good episode. It's not a complex episode, mm-hmm. um, and there's nothing. Specific. I mean, strictly, there's nothing wrong with that. I also thought there was more to this episode than there was. I remember, like, oh, I remember these, like, cool little action sequences. I wonder what happened in between. Nothing happened in between. (laughs) (laughs) Those were the entire episode. But you do remember the action sequences. I do. They stood out. And I think they still hold up. Yeah. Like, like, weird CG aside, like, the episode was well executed with its very specific and narrow goal. Um, The actors who had the most screen time did a pretty good job. Um, the costume, lighting, everything stood up. Like it was, it was a solid run. Yeah. yeah, they did a good job of making it suspenseful and making you like actually afraid for the characters to some degree. Mostly me. They can't all be think pieces. Like, yeah. like Star Trek is generally renowned as a series for being something that asks deep questions, but every once in a while you just have to have phasers firing and, and knives stabbing, and that's fine. 
Also, we did get the um, the joke by a doctor who designed the ship. <laughs> it was another very Galaxy Quest moment. Whoever wrote this episode should die. Mm-hmm. Mm, Sigourney Weaver too. Yeah, oh, weapons mm-hmm. acknowledged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she is a walking reference. Anybody have any other thoughts on macrocosm? Nope. I thought the doctor did a good job. I, you know, talking about continuity, um, it was cool seeing the mobile emitter at work, and I really have nothing to say about that. That's not that deep of a point to make. <laughs> I like the doctor, and I like when he gets to go outside of the holodeck. <laughs> and he did in this episode. We, we did talk when we were watching it, we were all complaining about the fact that um, he's concerned about his holometer getting damaged, and why doesn't he just put some armor on it or put it inside of him? Yeah, why doesn't it project from the inside of his body or, like, under a layer of holographic clothing that you can't, like, like someone can just, like, take your emitter off? Then, yeah, I mean, it's that winds up being sort of just a, a plot device where, like, oh, he has to he has to do something in order to protect the, the emitter. And it prevents him from easily leaving the holodeck until Jamie... It basically explains why he doesn't go off on his own before Jamie gets back. He gets yeah. uh, holed up in the, holo- in the sick bay. I like how um, when they split up to go deploy the, I forget what they're called, the virus, antivirus bombs or whatever. Antigen, Antigen bombs, thank you. Um, so he, he goes on one path, she goes on another. They split up and almost instantaneously he gets cornered somehow several decks away. <laughs> like in a, in a shuttle. <laughs> I just want to see him running down the <laughs> Yeah, something spooked him. <laughs> he, he's got one hand on the emitter. <laughs> running. It was actually just a floorboard creaking. He was like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Yeah, I'm just imagining Robert Picardo just sprinting down a hallway, just scared <laughs> out of his wits. Hmm. Deleted scene. There really is not much in this episode to talk about. I feel sorry to say, like, it's a, it's a fun episode, but it's very little substance or, or anything really meaty to talk about. I think we've we've mentioned that fact like six different times. <laughs> yeah, but there's really very little going on in this episode. <laughs> yeah, thing. yeah, it's true. There's it, also not much that happens in the episode. There is very little that happens. Little happens, I would say. It's yeah. almost minimalistic. Mm, it's more like less happens than happens in other episodes. Microistic. Oh, macroistic. Well, that's they Macrocosm. didn't get that yet. Episode title. Minicosm. <laughs> mm. Oh boy. Hey, Jim, you want to tell us what episode we're watching for next week? Please? <laughs> Dead air, fill it. So next week, we will be watching Season 3, Episode 3, The Shoot. What the fuck is that? It's the prequel to The Ladder. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it the sequel? The name of the board game is Shoots and Ladders. But I know can't... you have to go up a ladder first yeah. to go down a shoot. Boom. <laughs> As a kid, I climbed up the uh, slides. Yeah. Yeah. So there, boom. And then I jumped off the other side. That was weird. <laughs> Kids are weird. They just jump off things. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Broke my foot drop, jumping off a train. Did hey, you? jump onto that 10 bark <laughs> 10 that feet down. So wild it's fine. <laughs> it was a toy train. <laughs> Less wild. Was it? No, it was... <laughs> Oh no! I need to try really hard not to laugh. Why? Just just laugh all That's the way fine. through it. Yeah, People okay. have heard it enough. Fuck it. <laughs> do it in one. Do it in one. <laughs> yeah, do it in do one. It just in keep one. going. You do not get to start over. Oh, but if I fuck it up, you, you do get... not get to start over. If I fuck it up, you got to include this part. Oh yeah, uh, maybe. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> maybe. Shit. We'll see. 
Do it perfectly, and then I won't have to. <laughs> okay, thanks. No pressure. <laughs> Until then, this has been Salamander Babies. To read... Wait, to read show notes? I'm having to do it in one. Do it in one, Lou. <laughs> to read show notes for this episode and all our previous episodes, visit us on the web at Sal- <laughs> Salamander What's that URL? <laughs> show notes. It's not show Our notes. website is not show notes. Showdown.com. So, that page also has like. <laughs> you don't have to. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. Why time. am I laughing so hard that I'm crying and can't read the fucking <laughs> script? Literally a tear fell out of my face just now. Okay. <laughs> this is all staying in. Why, God, why? We're filling the episode up <laughs> to an hour. We don't have enough content quickly. Let's just embarrass Lou. <laughs> Alright, that page also has links to subscribe to the show on your... Wait, this is an old draft, which yeah, sucks. Yeah, why don't an old... I told you, you don't have to read the exact same one. Because I don't know this information. The okay. URL, the Twitter account, the Facebook account, the Tumblr. Alright, our URL is salamanderbabies.com. The Twitter... Shit, 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 I don't know this stuff because I don't go on Twitter. Salamander, Salamander Trek. Trek. It's at Salamander Trek. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great read. <laughs> Just ask it all as a question. <laughs> Maybe? <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy? <laughs> what is the Twitter Facebook. account for 100 our, Alex? <laughs> Lou, yeah. Facebook. Our Facebook is... What's our podcast name? <laughs> Salamander Babies? And, and then the word podcast. And then... Podcast? Yes. No, no, no. I'm saying the, the Facebook name page is... Podcast name dot Facebook dot or it's Facebook.com slash podcast. See, no one knows. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. That's fair. I have to read it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Facebook. Oh no. Where's it? Okay. Our Facebook is Facebook.com slash Salamander Babies. None of us knew it. I was mixing up I with Tumblr. I knew that. I was mixing up with Tumblr. Said it. I was saying you should just I thought you said Salamander Babies I w- podcast. I was confused. I was going to oh, let well, you yeah. do it yourself. I wasn't listening to you. Hey, Lou, do we have a Tumblr? We do have a Tumblr. Where's that? It's at salamanderbabies.tumblr.com. Oh, cool. I'll go check it out. <laughs> if you have any questions or comments or you just want to complain about this outro, you can email us at hellocomputer at salamanderbabies.com. Computer, for the love of God and program. 